What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Meow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals, and let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. Daniels, and thank you for joining me for another episode of SoCal Sweat. Wild animal flow and tribal functional mobility for that athletic edge. Go ahead and channel the inner beast, oh you know it's inside of you, and wake up that primal movement through animal flow. (laughs) Do you ever watch the Discovery or Science channels to watch wild animals in their most natural habitats? The lion stalks its prey. And we watch as a lion lays low to the ground, tracking in silence with this beautiful, dangerous prowess that only the, the lion possesses. Or how about that antelope with its beautiful, delicate gait? How about that snake that slithers in the sensual motions? This is all animal flow, and children tend to move this way when at play. As we get older, we're less in tune to playing in our most primal states, and this is where animal flow and functionality training comes in and it truly connects the mind to the body and tapping into ourselves. Now, mundane workouts, like what we're doing all the time with running and workouts and, you know, CrossFits and yogas, they get, they become stagnant and our bodies are become efficient, so they kind of need to change up. So if you're ready for a challenge to test flexibility, strength, movement, focus, and coordination, you can go ahead and harness that primal instinct inside of you. The exercises which emulate types of animals along with primal weapons movements make for some unique challenging workouts. The entire practice of animal flow has six components. Wrist mobilization, form specific stretches, traveling forms, switches and transitions, and the flows. There's something for everybody. The primal movements include six primal patterns of moving your body via pull, push, twist, gait, squat, and hinge. Shannon finds that using non-traditional movement styles makes it easier to break out of the typical idea of fitness being solely about losing weight and looking a certain way. Instead, she helps her clients embrace their strength and progress with a body positive attitude, which results in both a more empowering mindset and greater overall happiness. Um, Thank you so much for coming on today. And it's good that you're coming on today because so many people enjoyed a monstrosity of Thanksgiving, <laughs> and then we have a five to six week, you know, interim between Thanksgiving and the holidays, like into New Year's Eve. So yes. the average weight gain can be t- seven to ten pounds. So yes, I mean it's 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 proven, and um, this is the time to boost the workouts. And I think just when people are getting sick of their 
home workouts, someone like you can come in with such interesting, dynamic, new movements because- Oh, thank you. Kind of training. So we'll go over that. But Shannon, what is your background as far as exercise and fitness goes? I, um, starting from, I guess, forever ago, as a kid, I was always really athletic and I loved doing different kinds of sports, not specifically working out, but, you know, training, doing any different kind of thing, basketball, volleyball, swimming, all that kind of stuff. And um, in my early 20s, about 23, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Oh, I didn't know and that. Yeah, I, um, I suddenly felt like my body was falling apart. I couldn't stand for more than half an hour. I couldn't sit still ever. I couldn't walk more than three blocks at a time. Um, I had an issue with my hip bone <clears throat> and my, pardon me, water. My, oh. my hip kept popping out of its socket because I didn't have enough, enough musculature to hold the bones in place. And looking at you, you always had muscle or was, was this when you were modeling, so you were just really long and lean without a muscle mass? Yes. I okay. was very, very thin. Um, not that I didn't have any muscle mass, but it wasn't where I am today where I feel strong. and look strong and powerful. Um, so <clears throat> I got to a point where I, I literally couldn't do anything. I was seeing doctors nonstop to try and figure out what was going on. And my doctors were wonderful because um, I said I, I refused any kind of painkillers. I really want to know how I can make this better naturally. What can I do? You know, let's not take this out of my own control. Let's make this something that I can handle. And they said, great, okay, you got to go to physical therapy like a lot. So at least three times a week. So I went to physical therapy three times a week for probably two years. Um, and then, you know, any day I wasn't there, I was working on exercises and, and learning more on my own to understand what it took to actually hold your body together and to make you feel strong, make you more aware of where there might be issues, where there might be weaknesses, so that no matter what, I can suddenly take that extra time, I can you know, do a, an extra set on my left side because usually that's the weaker side. Whatever it is to start to balance things out. And it was so helpful. I had really wonderful PT. So that's, that's a, you know, so thankful for the, the medical community and everything that really made a huge difference. And they made it very clear to me that it's not just about building muscle mass. It's about being capable of controlling your body, maintaining stability. So mobility is just as important as building muscle. Um, so after that, I was really into fitness and really into just, I don't know, making your body feel strong. Because before that, I was a model forever. And it was all about being thin. It didn't matter how strong you were as long as you could fit into a size zero. And, and even less than a zero now. Yes. <laughs> we're, we, we're still in it. Yeah. It's, it's a great point. Was that a tough mindset for you to change or were you so focused on functionality that you just didn't care? Because sometimes I, I hate to say it in the modeling world, even muscle can look fat on camera and they'll oh, yes. say something like you're too muscular. Oh, yes. I've had, I've had to lessen the muscle before. Yes. Actually, my uh, agency told me that I was gaining too much weight and I had, you know, designers who were like, oh no, she can't walk up my runway. She can't wear that dress. That's, she's too big. 
my hips were became too big, my arms became too big. Um, so it was a struggle. I it's funny because I really loved the way I felt. Like I felt internally like I was strong and all of a sudden I was more capable of not just moving around, but handling my life in a better way. And then I had this these people telling me that I wasn't right. And at some point, I just had to accept that, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy. Ever. Ever. And I'm, you know, I have a wonderful, strong mother who reminded me that it's more about how I feel and what I want. And if I feel good, then that is great. That's what we're looking for. I don't need to please somebody else. Right. So... I accepted that I wasn't going to be doing runway modeling anymore, most likely, and might not be doing high fashion. Um, and I said, okay, let's, let's shift gears. Let's see what else I can do. And all of a sudden, this whole world of fitness modeling opened yes, up to me. and you will look wonderful. My favorite, my favorite picture is the boxing one. Oh, when thanks. You, yes. Well, that's my, it's beautiful. But I've, I've, had to, I've done the same thing several times. And sometimes you can dip into both. But when, you, when it comes to the designers, you're very, very correct because we have to look like a coat hanger. It, mm-hmm. has to, it has to flow on a muscular body. It doesn't flow. It's tight because we've got yes. boots, ass, arms. Yep. Well, I'm glad that I'm so glad that you found that trans- transition to be, although difficult, very successful because some people can't handle that psychologically. Somehow. I mean, there are definitely days where... Um, even now I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, pandemic. I've been eating. I've not been doing as much every single day maybe. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, my real pants don't fit anymore. Cause when was the last time you put on real pants? I live in sweatpants. Mm-hmm. You don't notice these things. And all of a sudden I'm just like, Oh, why would I ever want to wear jeans again? And that tight. Um, <laughs> yes. And I'm just like, oh, oh no, I'm, I might be a size bigger. And there is a part of me that has that initial like, oh, this, it's not okay. And then I breathe and look at myself and I'm like, you know what? My legs are strong. I got a butt. It's okay. You're I like it. You're healthy. You're fit. <laughs> yes. And, and that's another reason that you kind of have tried to define what strong is. Strong is sexy no matter what it is. Because I think you're probably, our, your previous mindset was, you know, you're under the microscope of the cameras and things like that. And we both are even in film and television mm-hmm. every day. And, yes. but you feel your best and, and you're more successful because you're happier in your head because of that. So much so. There's this thing about um, sticking to everyone else's or not everyone else, society's designers, this, this idea of what beauty is supposed to be. And it's very limited and it's, um, you know, it doesn't fit for most people. So why are the majority of specifically women, but I'm sure men feel this too, why are so many people feeling like they're not enough because they don't fit into this teeny tiny little box? Mm -hmm. Whereas when you look at yourself and you acknowledge, oh, hey, I'm able to lift that 40 pound water jug today and put it on the water cooler by myself, something I couldn't do two months ago, that means you're strong. That means yeah. you're healthy. And you suddenly don't need someone else to do something for you. Right. That is huge. All, that's just the kind of thing that makes you feel like I can do anything. Empowering. Empowering yes. beyond. So this kind of parlayed into your, 
your functional fitness, because, you know, there's a million trainers and to each their own and they're wonderful. And I do a lot of fitness as well. Um, there's a lot of pushing and pulling of the weights and the, and the cardio and things like that. Now you have transitional and functional training, and that would be from the, dare I say it, the Indian warrior bells or the Indian sticks, mm-hmm. the club bells. And can you describe what that means and wh- how it's different and where it comes from? Because it, the way you train, I mean, you have d- many different workouts on your channel yes. and which will be, which will be completely in all of the notes, but what I really specifically want to focus on are the animal movements and then these warrior trainings that you do, because not a lot of people know about them. Not a lot of women know about them and not a lot of beautiful, very feminine women know about them. I hear Joe Rogan talking about this on his, on his channel. Um, and a lot of even guys don't even want to do it. So it- guys think, you know, if it's not on a magazine or if somebody big isn't talking about it, that it must not be cool and it must not work. But it is. And can you describe how you got into it? I would think that you got into it through stunting originally. I actually got in, into it through a trainer. Okay. Of course, you know, it's also, um, I just want a side note, like it's always important. A coach still needs a coach. I always want to be learning new things and I want to be trying different things out. And that's kind of how I found these things. So um, Indian bells are, are this, they are an ancient tool that have been around forever. And the club bell system is actually kind of based on those same bells. So an Indian bell, it, it is the shape of a bat. One end is larger than the other. And they're not necessarily very heavy. Usually Indian bells are between two and 10 pounds. The club bells that I swing around in my videos, I have some that are three pounds, five pounds, 10 pounds, 15 pounds. They go up to like 45 pounds. Now I'm never going to swing a 45 pound club because it doesn't work for my body and my frame. It's not necessary, but obviously that's great for a big guy who wants to do a lot of bodybuilding and stuff. But a 10-pound club, if I can swing that around, then I am literally strengthening my body from the inside out. I'm strengthening the musculature. I'm adding, you know, all, I'm cutting everything. It's nice and lean, too. I love that. Um, so using the club bells is all about working with circular strength training. So a lot of the time, regular fitness um, focuses on pushing and pulling because that's what the machines do. You're always pushing and pulling on something. And we do do that in life, but we also turn and we rotate and we spin and we do all kinds of other movements that are not just held in that tiny little, again, box of of pushing and pulling. And so using circular strength training, all of a sudden I can rotate my body. I can swing the club over my head. And now I'm using all these different muscles that I engage every day in normal activities. And now I'm strengthening them so that I can function better. That's, that's how I am a functional trainer. Bottom line is I want to make sure the movement that you do on a daily basis is stronger, more efficient, better, and less likely to, to have an injury ever. Um, so that's club bells. I love them because they're fun to work with. They make you feel really badass. You know, you're swinging this, this weight around. And even though it looks like a bat, you would not use it as a bat. (laughs) Um, but 
as you move, you can feel how much stronger you are. And um, every different movement is really functional. You, you see how it works in real life. And it's also very similar to a lot of fight training. If you were to use a staff or a sword, you often move that sword in the same way. You're gonna lift it over your head and come down. Like if you look at stunts, that's exactly what they're doing. It's big and showy, but that's how you get strong because wielding a, even a two pound sword all day long, it becomes a lot, becomes a, a lot of work on your shoulder, your arm, your wrist, especially. So doing something with club bells really strengthens all these areas. And um, it comes from Peria. I read that it's, it's an ancient caveman trick. And even in, there are some YouTube videos where there is a couple that lives way out. I think it's in Montana. They dress like cavemen and they have all these videos just on that. But they are enormous and they look like cavemen. It's yeah. interesting. But I think it's coming more into the masses. I just heard someone talk about, talking about this on, on Mind Pump, which is another fitness podcast. And of course, mm -hmm. Joe Rogan speaks about it. I think it's very important, especially for the bodybuilding community, that they have to have more flexibility because it is a lot of pushing and pulling. And as you said, in a circular movement, taking your groceries out of the cart and then rotating your body with torso into the, into the, into the trunk. That is a circular motion. And yes. I think a lot of times people get so tight and so thick and so muscular without the, that flexibility, they get injured and they can barely put their hand above, above their, you know, head after their heads. Yes. Yes, totally. Very I mean, inflexible. you think about, uh, carrying your child, picking them up, turning them around. That is never a standard movement. You're picking never. them up, putting them down, you're moving them all over the place. Um, and it's, you know, doing all of those kinds of things are really heavy, but that's why you want to make sure when you move, you're moving well, mm -hmm. right? You have strength in every different movement and even basic things like getting up and down off the ground. That's a sign of longevity that people don't really think about, you know, but you look at an older person who struggles to get out of a chair or needs assistance and you know, they are never getting all the way down on the ground. So functional training is also about how am I going to get up and down off the ground without using my hands? Yes, it's, it's the fountain of youth and that would keep someone from going into a retirement home because they do certain, I think they do certain tests. Like can that person, like you said, get up from the chair? Can they use a commode or a toilet? Because all these things would have to be functional in later, later in life. Exactly. And I happen to just, I don't know if you caught the... Um, the Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson fight. Um, it was pay-per-view on Saturday. This is, they're both in their 50s. Yes. You look at them, and I mean, they both got into, in a tremendous shape for what they were. Tyson still killed it. It was a draw, but it just goes to show all this and all the stuff that he did. He worked with a UFC trainer that had him doing a lot of interesting exercises, kind of like what you're, what you're describing. So that might you know, bring the sex appeal back to that after he, after he did that. And then Bring more business for you. But, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I wonder, um, can we say, politi is it a politically correct thing to say Indian clubs? Can we, or do we just call it clubs? Have you seen any, with your research and studies, of what we can call it in the mainstream? I think it is still called Indian clubs. It does come from also the Indian culture in India as well. There okay. are all kinds of different clubs and lots of different tribes who use them differently and who have made different versions of them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's like the basics, you know, uh, what do you call it? The, the ancient version of it. So sure. I usually use club bells because they have 
more weight and they're a little bit sturdier. Um, not that I don't love the wood. They're beautiful. Um, but I'm swinging steel and that just makes me feel stronger and like, oh, you don't want to mess with me. And it's Absolutely. funny because every time I take them outside and do anything, people are constantly asking me, what is that? How are you doing this? And yet it seems like people are also afraid to try something new in their um, workout routine unless it's been touted as the best new thing. Exactly. And I think, and you're very secure with yourself. And because you and I are on camera, we're like, we're just kind of like, you know, body, maybe body aware, less of body aware. We just don't really care. I yes. think that sometimes, because even on another channel that I listen to, the guys were making fun of another guy for using them. You look like an idiot. You look dumb. Really? You know, does it, does it really matter? And I think that that's a stigma. And also, does it look too dangerous? And, and it, where can I carry them? And it's, it's, it looks like a lot of bulk, but it's, it's excellent. And it is functional fitness. Now, um, can you describe the club bell and how it differs from a kettlebell? Because I think if you, people already know the kettlebell, that would help. Totally. So uh, a kettlebell is a little round um, weight with a handle, typically. And so all of that weight is based in the ball. A club bell is shaped like a bat. So it's much long. It's like a much longer. It's like a lever. So there's a heavier end, which is usually a little bit thicker and wider. And then it sort of tapers up towards the top. And so as you're swinging it, you kind of make it uh, an extension of your arm. So you're really working with the weight of this lever as you twist and turn and throw it around. Uh, you're not letting go of it the way you might with a, a kettlebell. And with a kettlebell, you have more of a handle, right? You can have two hands on it and you, you're holding on to this handle. So everything is really kind of centered that center of gravity is easy to feel and you know exactly where it is. With the club bell, the wider end is heavier. And so depending on where you're holding it, it will change the center of gravity of that weight. And that also means as you swing that lever, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier exponentially just based on physics. If you don't put it down and you keep letting it swing, you're now moving more weight. So when you have to stop that weight, that's much harder. It's a lot about resistance. And that's where the cutting comes in. Like you yes. said, it's really cut. And it's also cardio because, I mean, right now being injured, I can't do those movements at all. But I mean, I was emulating that in my, in my place. And it's like, that would be, a I think your heartbeat would just be off the, off the charts after, especially that much weight with that momentum. Correct? It definitely can be. Uh, it's definitely a cardio workout. Mm -hmm. um, it's also really, it's a skills training right? You, you're now working coordination. You're working the brain to make sure you're going in the right direction you have to think. with yes. the hand. You're going to move it in this way or that way. So there's a lot of thought that comes into it. And then you're also considering how is my body position from head to toe matters. So you're really working every single part of you as mm -hmm. you do club belling. I love kettlebells as well. I just think club belling is right. so unique yeah. that, um, it's, it's just so much more fun because it's something you don't see very often. Yep. And I love it because I'm less likely to build huge muscles. As someone who wants to look long and lean, I can still be throwing weight around without it having to be crazy heavy and without as much risk of injury. Like the biggest injury I might have is 
Can you dropping it on my foot, which has okay. never happened. <laughs> okay. I, I was, I was watching the one where you kind of like flip it up over your head and it's almost, it's almost like a squat thrust and it, would yes. you ever, that would be to me, maybe potentially dangerous if you're not body aware. You can potentially hit your head and I have done that. It's coated in rubber, so it doesn't hurt and you're still holding on to it. You hit yourself in the head, you're even more aware of exactly where it is. And sure. all of a sudden, instead of being able to um, lift over your head and really be stretching your back so that you're uh, avoiding the head, you're, you're much more aware of where you are. Instead of like, oh, I'm just going to be a little lazy this time. You're like, no, no, can't do that again. I have right. to make sure that my form is good every time. It's almost like, I, I love the speed rope for boxing, the weighted, mm -hmm. and it's like you hit yourself and you, you get those welts on your, you are not, you are concentrating from now on. <laughs> yes. You're not going to do it that way again. No, not at all. <laughs> well, that is fascinating. And again, a lot of women don't do this at all. I mean, a lot of men don't do this. So I, I just found it fascinating that a female trainer would incorporate this. Now, how is it, is it difficult to get a client to want to try it? And you just kind of showcase what it is and then they kind of ease them in for comfort? Um, I'm really lucky to have clients who are open and interested in trying new things. And a lot of the time I will bring it along. It may not be the first thing that we ever do, mm -hmm. but I'll bring it along and show it to them and show them some movements. And they're like, usually the thing is you watch someone do it. I can't believe any guy would ever say, oh, you look stupid or silly doing this. Because It was a guy making fun of a guy. So that's, that's just what it was. Oh, okay. Okay. That does make more sense. But yeah. anyone who has ever seen me do this is like, oh my God, that's so cool. That's just so badass. How do you do that? What are you doing? They want to know and they want to try it right away. And then as soon as they do, they start to acknowledge, oh, I really feel that. I feel where it's working. I feel where I need it to work. So it gives you more body awareness. And then they usually fall in love with it. I've had uh, several clients who have rehabbed frozen shoulders from it. And they've come back stronger to have just as much mobility. And now they're like telling everybody, you should try this. You should try this. I have golfers who really love it. I would say, yeah. It helps That's their wonderful. swing. It gives them more strength. And that would have to maybe be cautionary, I was wondering, because of that rotation. What if someone's, you know, nursing a, a rotator cuff surgery or something like that in the mm -hmm. shoulder? Could that potentially be dangerous too fast to incorporate one of those, one of those methods? Just There's always a risk it, when somebody's coming back from an injury. Um, but I will say the club bells have, have shown me from my experience to be one of the least likely to cause an injury also because you're very aware of what your body's doing and what you're able to do. So if that's a move that you can't do today, that's okay. There's a lot of other options. Sure. You're going to rebuild strength and rehab the, that area, whatever the injury might be, and then you'll be able to try it. So uh, you, you gave the example of a shield cast where you go around your head with a club. If you can't go all the way around your head, that's okay. You could start just trying to go over your shoulder and increment, incrementally work your way up to whatever the movement is. You can always break it down to something a little bit smaller and there's no reason to think that um, needing a modification is a bad thing or makes you less than because that modification is progress. And, it's, and it involves everyday life. So that's gonna help you walk up a step regardless. Now, does, 
do any of the exercises really work the legs? It seems to be a lot of upper body, torso, maybe glutes. Are, are there any specifics that kind of focus on foundational training on the legs or the feet even? The club bells actually, even just doing those circles, mm -hmm. do work the legs. They work your feet uh, if you're doing them right. Okay. So part of the deal is as you stand there and you throw this, this club bell around in a circle, you want to be, I say, uh, my cue is spreading the earth with your feet. So if you were in sand, your feet would be able to squish and, and push against the earth. You're not in sand. You're on a floor whatever it might be. So you're really pushing your feet down into the ground and then trying to open those feet up without actually spreading your feet out to the sides. Or rotating and your knee incorrectly. Exactly. So that all of a sudden engages your glutes. Your, your, should be, uh, your pelvis should be tucked under as well. That turns the whole inside of your thighs forward just a little bit more. So your legs are working the entire time. So the inner thigh gap for women, that would be a good exercise. Oh, yes. That's a great exercise. Excellent. It also helps improve uh, foot arches. Okay. As you do this. Which is huge because, I mean, we're coming back off flip-flops into the fall season. We're late in California, but that causes so many issues in the feet. And oh, then if yes. you are injured, your feet, as I know now, I've got a foot injury because of overcompensation for another injury. So that's, that's excellent. So it really does work the legs and butt. I do like the inner, inner thigh gap um, exercise that will help a lot of, bring a lot of people on, I believe. Um, now with that, I, you just, you, you're very like, I've worked with you several times as a model and actor, and it's like, you're very, a wild thing. You're just a very wild spirit. You do circus <laughs> acts, you do everything. And you're so awesome. And, and that it's just funny, this theme of the, the functional fit training and then the animal training. So you have this wonderful workout called the zoo and anybody who has done any kind of a bear crawl, lobster, lobster crawl, or any of these things, it's very difficult because you're on the ground. Now you do a wonderful workout with seven different moves. And those are it's, it's the bear, the crab walk, lateral ape, frog jump, duck, duck walk, inchworm, and the scorpion. I love the scorpion. Um, that is, that's a, an excellent move. But Oh, that one feels so good. I bet, especially on the, um, on the obliques, I would say. Yes. I mean, it's the end move because yeah. you've done a lot of work over the course of this. Uh, this particular workout is also extra hard because 60 seconds, that's a lot. 60 seconds before yeah. you get a break. Um, but, you know, in, in my any 20 uh, challenge, that is on the last week. So we've really been working you up to that kind of a workout. And it's supposed to be a challenge. If you can't do it, no worries. Take a rest. Keep going when you can, mm -hmm. but know that you can get there eventually. And that's a hard workout. I mean, it can get really boring on a treadmill or an elliptical machine or just doing the same weights over and over again. I would think that this would be a wonderful program for kids, for kids who are, need to get in shape. I mean, yes. it's, it's difficult, but at least they can do the mind-body connection of, this is, I'm a bear, I'm a frog. Because what Shannon's doing is emulating the exact movements of what these animals do, like the bear. And, and you're on your toes, so you're already lifting up. You're on your hands and knees and your toes, and the palms of your hands, and that's lifting the glutes. The, this is, it's yes, a full off body of your knees, But still trying to keep your, your butt down, so it is a lot of work. Um, it's a really fun workout because... Mm -hmm. For, for kids, for adults, who doesn't want to play? I think we don't spend enough time getting an opportunity to play in our mm -hmm. lives anymore. And this is a great chance to be putting in some work, but also having fun. And 
imagining yourself as a bear and crawling around or and, as a crab. Sure. And make the movements, make the, make the sounds. Kids could go to the zoo on a field trip, COVID yes. friendly, of course. And then do this as a, as a, like a workout. I think it's, it's excellent. And by the way, it's, it's, it's difficult because you really have to engage everything. What, what would you say is the most, the least and the, and the most challenging to me, it looked, it seems like the scorpion is the most challenging. If someone has bad wrists, perhaps. Um, a lot of the moves are difficult. If you have bad wrists, that's part of why one of the things that I train and work with people on are your wrists. Cause I also find grip strength is really important. It's another sign of longevity. So being able to have a strong grip is really important in life. Um, and the more you grip, the more you engage your butt and your abs. So it's nice to know, oh, hey, I need to work those other areas. Let me just make a fist and it'll help. I would say for me, the easiest movement is the duck walk. Unless um, you have bad knees, maybe. Yes, if you, uh, it can be difficult. And, you know, everybody also has a different duck walk. I think this workout is really fun to do with people around. Like it's a great partner workout or as a group class sure. because you go around and you can quack like a duck at somebody and you can walk around and do these things and everybody's having fun and having a laugh. Um, the, the duck walk can be painful. I guess if you have knee issues, you just probably wouldn't go as deep as I do, right? I can get my butt down to the ground basically, mm -hmm. but other people can't do that and that's okay. Or um, you can also modify it by putting your hands down on the ground so it's less pressure. Mm -hmm. um, I would say the hardest move for me is probably the lateral ape. I have definitely not perfected. So part of the idea of that movement is getting up onto your hands, feet are off the ground, and you're beginning to be in a, a handstand. I don't necessarily have that. Again, my hips are not um, the best, but it's a really fun move to practice and to try. And it doesn't matter where you get, because you know, I'm not aiming to get into a handstand in the middle of right. But it's a very simulation of one. Yes. And it's and then it's a lot of circular motion because you have to kind of change into that circle, like a hemisphere, to go down to the next movement. No, I yes. think I think it's fantastic. And of course, you do everything else on your channel. You do the hit workouts. You do yoga. You do everything. But I think this makes you very unique and different with oh, these thank you. trainings. And I think I think the word is going to be getting out there more and more, especially with the popularity of UFC. I think mm -hmm. UFC is really going to be maybe even topping the NFL in the future because it's just it, it, it and martial arts is becoming huge. huge. And, and it's, it's, it's more uh, relatable. I feel like it's a little yes. more regular life. More people can participate in some level of martial arts mm -hmm. and then they're more excited to see those moves on screen. Oh, I know that I did that to somebody yeah. last week. Oh yes. I could arm bar them. Absolutely. You know, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I can get into this. And it can be part of self-defense classes as well. I mean, again, this is functional Definitely. across the board. Now, just a quick question. If, um, if some of the equipment would be expensive, can somebody use um, like, a, like a broomstick cut off just to start the movements without weight? For club belling? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I also have a, a whole playlist that I am building of stick mobility movements and, and workouts. 
and I do use a stick. Um, a stick is an incredible tool that almost everybody has in their home because they have a broomstick, they have a Swiffer, whatever it is. Or dog. <laughs> exactly. But, um, you know, it's, it's another tool to really give us more body awareness. It helps with stability. It gives us leverage to move. And again, when you're using a stick, you're only working with as much as your body is willing or able to handle. Sure. So you are in control every time. I'm really big on making sure that, you know, I, I'm the trainer, but I'm not you. So I want to make sure you feel comfortable with whatever you're doing. And you can say, I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet. Okay. Something that I can do is not necessarily something everyone else can do, even just like that duck walk. Um, and that's okay. You're working towards different things and I've been doing it for a little bit longer. So that's the great thing about working with a stick. You have the extra, um, oh, body awareness and sort of, uh, oh, I can't even think of the word right now. Uh, information, you know, the brain's getting more information because of the way you're holding the stick, which sure. the way you're moving. The stick. I think that this is great for any sport too. And no matter what sport you're in, who can't, who can't be helped from this because it's helping in everyday life. Now, um, what has been just really quickly onto your, uh, what you do yourself for diet nutrition. I know that you're not a nutritionist per se. What, what kind of a regimen do you follow? And I also want to know what has been your biggest, best cheat food or indulgence during COVID. Oh, so many things. Okay. So first of all, I believe in moderation. Mm -hmm. Um, I love food. I love eating. I love my life because we've been I at the craft not... table together on set. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't restrict myself um, to not have what I want. I might not eat an entire bag of cookies, but I'm okay having one or two. I want to live my life and enjoy it. So I really believe in that. Um, that said, diet is so important. And it is really essential to start looking at things that work for you and don't work for you. So um, I'm allergic to tomatoes. It's an awful thing, but it's the truth. And wow. so I have to really make that choice. Am I going to have pizza today? And I love pizza. It's one of my favorite foods or it has been all my life. And now I'm realizing, oh, that's the thing that hurts me. I feel bad afterwards the next day. So I'm now making smarter choices to say, oh, okay, not going to have, at least I'm not going to have that kind of pizza mm -hmm. right now. I have to change it, find that, you know, gluten-free version or whatever it is for you. Um, for me, I still just eat what I want for the most part. I just find that the things I want are better for me because I love feeling good. Absolutely. Do you have to avoid any kind of anti-inflammatory for the fibromyalgia? I mean, again, tomatoes is a really big one for me. That's mm -hmm. probably the, the worst that I have found. Okay. Um, other than that, like I don't have an issue with carbs and I actually need to have them because I do have a high metabolism. metabolism. So I need to eat things to, that will make me feel full and keep me going and sustained for the day. Um, that said, that's not all I eat. Maybe Thanksgiving is a, a rarity. Sure. But I try to make sure that it's a well-balanced diet. Great. I mean, it, it sounds like you're just well-balanced in general from learning experiences in both the muscularity, the body, your mind, mentally within, and with the nutrition. And it's hard, especially when we work in film and television, specifically as models, because this can yes. really, really 
um, hurt hurt a lot of people mentally. And I'm proud of you for making that transition because it's oh, not easy. You. It is um, not easy. Horrible. It's horrible. And and it's like when you're when you feel great and then you're kind of being insulted for it. Or I've been so thin myself that all I get is compliments by the designers. Like, oh my God, you're my muse. I want to use you for, for everything. And then in the public, you're hearing just horrible, horrible, even thin shaming. Right. And then people exactly. are worried about you, but you get that, you get the, the people who will employ you. Rah, rah, bravo. Yes. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing. Um, I mean, they still, there are things like that, even in the bodybuilding world and the absolutely. fitness um, world with people who diet and do a lot of uh, weight loss, water loss kind yep. of things right before a shoot, which is, totally fine. Do what you need to do to look your best as long as you're staying healthy. You know, I have friends who have done things like that right before competition and they're so weak because they wanted to lose enough weight to meet the the weight requirement Mm -hmm. and then they can't fight well. So you really have to think about what is the goal here? You want to do the job or you want to do the job well? And there's also famous trainers that we may know their names on from big, big companies who have said, this is a lie. This is what I'm doing. This, this class is not what it is because in the meantime, I'm starving myself mm-hmm. and I'm working out seven hours a day. And a woman named Shaleen Johnson, who was from Beachbody, spoke about that and it's fascinating. So when she's now stronger than ever, just going against that, just like you have. And that's, I, I'm very proud of you for that. Not easy, I know. Um, and so what are your future goals? We'll put all of your all of your segments on the online. Your YouTube is fantastic. You have a really fun Instagram and, and TikTok talk and Twitter feed, which oh, we'll put, put in there. <laughs> what would you, you're a writer, you're an actor, you do everything, you have. I, I try and do life. all of the things that I love and um, I love this fitness. I, I'm so excited about what I'm sharing and what I'm able to share. You know, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I started doing live workouts on Instagram because I was like, oh God, I gotta, I gotta do something, you gotta I gotta move. Figure it out. I'm, I'm freaking out at home and I don't know what else to do, but this is something I have control over. I can move my body and that makes me feel better. It makes me feel productive. It helps me sleep better. There's so many positive things about movement in general. So I started doing that and realized, oh, okay, I can't necessarily devote myself to a, a live workout every single day like I was for like the first month of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I would love to make this accessible for other people. And that's why I started the YouTube. At the same time, um, having this time at home has been wonderful for me because I am a writer and I have a, a, a hour-long pilot that's uh, currently being read at Netflix. Ooh, and good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see what happens. Who knows? But I'm also, you know, that's something... I wrote a while ago with my writing partner, what we're doing right now and what we have been doing for this whole year is totally different for both of us. We started writing a young adult novel. Um, Before that, we'd written film and TV, and we love those things, and that medium will not end for us. But getting to write a book and suddenly get to um, write prose in long form and not have everything be in dialogue has been really exciting. and get to build a whole different world and it's a um, sci-fi kind of fantasy thing so I really get to build anything I want it doesn't have to have any constraints in 
what is reality. Sure. So it's been a wonderful escape for me and I hope that we get it published. Is it saucy? It. Is it naughty? I mean, it's, it's a young adult novel. Um, I'm excited to say that we have characters who are non-binary, we have um, gay characters in there, and it's not, oh my God, that gay character. They're just a character, and it might be a thing you know about, it might not, you know? It's not necessarily because it's also for teens, age. It's not necessarily something that's coming out in this first book. We already have plans for more. Sure. Um, but it's definitely something that is okay. I, I want to make sure that, you know, younger people, younger readers are able to see themselves in the books that they read and able to get more of an experience of, oh, hey, I, I recognize that because I feel like the way that we grew up, um, that was very limited. You you saw the beautiful person, and so you aspired to be the beautiful person. And now I want to make everyone see themselves and know that whatever you are, you are beautiful. You are a magical unicorn, and you have talent. You just have to share it. I love it, and you're wearing a unicorn shirt as I as we speak. I yes. am. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You to me, you're just a very wild. Um, intelligent and this is this is just so epitomizes who you are as Shannon Finley and oh, thank you so so much for coming on we will support you with everything and people and just so our audience knows again the links will be in in the bottom but it's Shannon with a C-H-A-N-O-N not yes people call C-H-A-N-O-N do people call you Canon? not very often uh, it happens occasionally most people are like um uh how do you say your name? <laughs> it's not that hard to figure out. But yes, no, Shannon Finley, the wild girl. I expect to see many, many wonderful things from you going forward, as always. So oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here and get to see you, Anna. And that was personal trainer Shannon Finley of Animal Flow Movement and Indian Club Bell Training. You can find her. She has a great YouTube channel. And you go to YouTube and it's Miss Chaos Within. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of SoCal Sweat. And we really appreciate you for listening. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, Tuned In, or at Leave.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics that you'd like covered on the show at Ann McDaniels. And I'll see you next time on So. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.